Hello again, this is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of Suspense. Actually, two episodes of Suspense. We're going to bring you a special double feature since we haven't brought you a Suspense episode in a few weeks. And what a great double feature this is. The first in our double feature will be Bob Hope's own only appearance on Suspense from 65 years ago. He only appeared one time ever in the whole run of Suspense. And it'll be interesting to see if Bob Hope, are they going to do a serious role with Bob Hope, or are they going to do a comedy role? Um, Suspense is usually a serious program, but we've seen when Jack Benny's on, sometimes Suspense kind of takes humorous twists with Jack. Uh, Will they do the same thing with Bob Hope? Well, you'll have to listen and find out. But it's pretty cool that this is the only time Bob Hope would ever appear on Suspense, and really one of the only times Bob Hope would ever appear on a dramatic program that I can think of at least in his early years. I think later on he did. Um, the second one is Mickey Rooney in his first of three appearances on Suspense, again from 65 years ago. Actually, this episode precedes the Bob Hope episode, but I thought I'd bring it to you second because the Bob Hope is the more historic of the two, being as uh, Mickey Rooney appears three different times on Suspense. Uh, Mickey Rooney, of course, passed away here about a month ago, so it's neat to hear him on suspense and remember um, what a great entertainer he was, and of course what a great entertainer Bob Hope was as well. So it's really neat that we have these episodes preserved in such high-quality sound that you can listen to and really enjoy. So without further ado, here's Bob Hope and Mickey Rooney in suspense special hour presentation. Enjoy. Now, Autolite and its 60,000 dealers and service stations present Suspense. Tonight, Autolite brings you Bob Hope in Death as a Shadow, a suspense play produced and directed by Anton M. Leader. Friends, those April showers that bring May flowers have nothing on an Autolite Stay Full battery. Why, the extra water in an Autolite Stay Full battery makes those April showers look like a drought in the Gobi Desert. Why, an Autolite Stay Full battery needs water only three times a year in normal car use. Yes, sir, an Autolite stay-full battery needs water only three times a year in normal car use. And in addition, an Autolite stay-full battery has extra plates for extra power, protected by fiberglass insulation for stronger life and longer life. Why, in recent tests conducted according to the Society of Automotive Engineers Life Cycle Standards, Autolite stay-full batteries gave 70% longer average life than batteries without all these features. So remember, you're right with Autolite. And now, Autolite presents Bob Hope in a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Don't ever answer a telephone just because you've got nothing else to do. Just because you're curious. I was sitting in my big red leather swivel chair, my feet on the largest mahogany desk money could buy, a bottle of the best scotch balanced between my special custom-built shoes. Everything the best. That's the way I like to operate. The gold lettering across my office window spelling out Harvey Warren, counselor at law. I liked it that way. It had dignity. Yeah, I had everything. I had a house that rambled for 14 rooms. I built that house for Lily. Lily. She was beautiful, from the top of her auburn hair to the tip of her pretty little toes. Yeah, I had it all. I had everything, till the day my Lily was murdered. That's why I couldn't stand being home anymore. I could smell her cologne in every room, a touch of it on every chair. That's why I was at the office that night, with nobody but the bottle to keep me company. And that was the call I should have never answered. But at night, eight stories up in an empty office building, that ringing sounded urgent. Like it was the most important thing in my lonely little world. 
Hello? Warren. Who's this? Oh. You know who this is. Yes, Bolster. No name, stupid. What are you doing at your office this time of night? What do you want? Have you got it? Well, sure I've got it. It's all ready for mailing. I'll drop it off when I leave. Don't bother. I'm going to pick it up tonight. But I told you I'd mail it. I changed my mind. I'm coming over. I'll be there at 10 o'clock. Oh, I, I can't make it tonight. I'm leaving. I'm just going out. You'll make it all right. Yeah, but why all of a sudden... Tonight, Warren. 10 o'clock. And, Warren, don't try anything. What are you talking about? Why should I try anything? What could I try? Uh, you could be cute enough to figure out something. You're that kind of a guy. So, don't try anything. Something must have gone wrong. All I was supposed to do was mail him his money. What got into him? Why would he want to come to my office now, at night, when the building was empty? Couldn't be just the money. He was coming for something else. Something else. But what? Get me homicide. Now, hold on. He wants homicide extension 458. Hello? Homicide? This is homicide. Is Joe there? Lieutenant Joe Scarponi? Who's calling? Harvey Warren. Oh, hello, Mr. Warren. Hope you've been feeling better. Oh, thanks, Mike. I don't have much time. Would you get me Joe? Well, he ain't here, Mr. Warren. Well, where is he? I don't know. I've got to get to him. Something wrong? You've got to locate him, Mike. Well, I've got a whole police department, Mr. Warren. Just say the word. What's wrong? Only Joe. He's the only one that can help me. Well, he may be calling in. Then tell him to call me at my office, will you? Don't make any mistake, Mike. I'm at my office. I couldn't get it out of my mind. What had made Bolster switch like that? What had gone wrong? He must have figured it out and was coming over for just one thing. To kill me. Lion Apartments. Lieutenant Joe Scarponi, please. Well, where can I reach him? He must have left some kind of a message. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. He hasn't been in all evening. Well, tell him to call Harvey Warren. Uh, yes, Mr. Warren. At my office, understand? Uh, does he have your number, sir? He's got my number. Don't make any mistakes. At my office. He's got to reach me before 10 o'clock. That's tonight, understand? I'll tell him, Mr. Warren. Thank you. Madge. I've got to try Madge. He's got to be at Madge's place. I should have thought of it before. Busy. That must be Joe. He's got to be there. That's Joe trying to get me. I've got to wait. have to give him a chance to get through. Why doesn't it ring? Why doesn't he call? Can't wait. Six, nine, four. Hello? Madge, baby? Oh, hello, Warren. What's this sudden devotion? Oh, Madge, let me talk to Joe, and don't tell me he's not there. Well, of course he's not here, Warren. What's the matter with you? Madge, i got to find him. Well, I am expecting him. When? Soon. Don't give me double talk, Madge. When? We've got a date, 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. That's too late, Madge. What's the matter, Warren? Where can I reach him? Where can I find Joe? Well, did you try his hotel? He's not there. Well, call Homicide. He's nowhere, Madge. What's wrong, Warren? There's no time to explain. Help me find him, please. I'll do what I can. At my office. Don't forget it. My office. Before 10. <laughs> Kept on calling, everywhere, every bar he'd ever had a drink, his favorite restaurants, even the Turkish bath where he played handball and got his rub down. Joe was nowhere. I looked at my watch. It said 9.31. The clock on the wall showed 9.35. Now I wasn't even sure of the time. I couldn't afford to be wrong about the time. At the tone, the time will be 9.35 and 10 seconds. The clock on the wall was right. There wasn't much time. Even if I get a hold of Joe, it'd be too late. My mind was starting to play tricks, starting to tie my insides up in a hundred little knots. Suppose Bolster got here early. Suppose he got here before 10 and no Joe. I got up in a panic. My shirt was soaked wet to my back. I could run, yeah. I could get away while it was still time. But then Bolster would really know something was wrong. Maybe he wasn't going to kill me. Maybe he was just coming for his money. I had to get rid of the hysteria. Had to get a hold of myself. No use playing guessing games. I opened the door. I was going to leave. 
I wasn't going to be a sitting duck for a guy like Bolster. At that time of night, just one elevator was in use. It was directly opposite my office door. The indicator over the door flashed numbers when the car was running. I went to press the button to signal for the night man. Before I could press it, the car started up. Somebody was coming up. I wanted to run. I didn't know where. I was on the top floor. My eyes went to the ceiling. Down the end of the hallway, there was a spiral ladder that led into a trap up through the ceiling. It must have been the opening of the roof. I started to run for it. I stopped. Silly. When all the time, there was a stairway going down. I ran for the exit sign and ducked into the stairway. Down one flight, and I smacked right into it. A steel gate spread like an accordion across the bottom landing. The gate they always fastened in place at 9 o'clock. Trapped. I was trapped. And then I just stood there. Everything quiet. What happened to the elevator? Then I heard the door open. Downstairs, right below. It didn't come up to the 8th. It was the night man letting off the cleaning woman. I walked back up the steps. The light on the indicator showed the fifth floor. Then the indicator started flashing again. It was going down. Now was my time to signal the night man while he was still in the car. Before I had a chance, the telephone began to ring. It was coming from my office. Keep ringing, Joe. I'm coming. Just don't stop ringing. Hello. Hello, Joe. Oh, oh ain't this Gladstone 2707? That's right. Are you calling well, for... give me Sammy. Who? I want to talk to Sammy. Oh, right number, girly. Wrong party. I looked at the clock. It was no use. Too late. Even if he did call, I started to go. I saw the bottle on the table. I had to take another drink. I felt a little better. Now I had to get out. Hello? Hello. It's me again. Look, girly, there's no Sammy at this number. I know, but you sounded kind of lonely. I'm lonely, too. Forget it, will you? Don't tie up my phone, understand? Sure, I know. You waiting for a call, too? Get off my number. I don't want this phone tied up. Sure, sure, I understand, but just in case, why don't you take my... I started to go and wasn't going to stop, not for anything. Then I realized it might be too late. Suppose he was on his way up. Suppose he was watching the entrance. Why did that girl call back? What did she want? Then I knew it was a trick, a typical hoodlum trick. Bolster was using that girl to check up on me, playing at cat and mouse, his way of holding me to the phone, making sure while he was on his way up. A trick. 20 minutes to 10. The clock kept staring at me, the minute hand beating its way around the circle. 20 minutes to 10. That girl again checking up on me. Who did Bolster think he was kidding? He knew I had to answer that phone. Hello. Warren? Joe, you don't know how I've been trying to get you all night. Yeah, I know. Your line's been busy. Oh, come right over, Joe. What's the matter? There's no time to talk. Just get here. Oh, well, I got a date, Warren. It's on my only night off. You know how Madge is. Joe, this is a matter of life and death. Whose life? My life. Oh, well, I'll be right there. Before 10, Joe. It's got to be before 10. For suspense, Autolite is bringing you Bob Hope in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. What happened to your face? Lose an argument with a revolving door? No, Hap. I was at a big community picnic. Oh, sat in the sun too long, huh? No, I sat at the speaker's table. In fact, that's how... Well, it was like this. There was an audience, so I jumped up and said... An Autolite stay-full battery needs water only three times a year in normal car use. Why, as a matter of fact, I did. I said that dandy, dynamic, dependable Autolite stay-full battery has a camel hanging on the ropes back in a corner when it comes to capacity... Yes, sir. An Autolite stay-full battery needs water only three times a year in normal car use. But hollow your face. I told him an Autolite stay-full battery has extra plates protected by fiberglass insulation for longer life and stronger life. You said this during the picnic supper? Not only that. I told him in addition how in recent tests conducted according to the Society of Automotive Engineers Life Cycle Standards, Autolite stay-full batteries gave 70% 
Yes, 70% longer average life than batteries without all these features. And when I got through, do you know, Hap, they crowned me with a garland of leaves. Yeah, but that doesn't explain about your face. Oh, I it? forgot to mention, the leaves were poison ivy. Oh, and I forgot to mention, here's suspense. And now, Autolite brings back to a Hollywood soundstage Bob Hope as Warren in Death as a Shadow, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. My eyes were drawn to the clock again. I watched the minute hand cutting down the time. If Joe came with a squad car, he'd be here in a matter of minutes. But it was his night off. Maybe he wouldn't be able to get a cab. I took another drink just for luck. I opened the door and listened for the elevator. It didn't take long. I went into the hallway. The light on the indicator was flashing. Two, three, four. Maybe it wasn't Joe. Maybe it was Bolster. How was I to know? I ducked into the stairway landing, watching. Joe! What? Warren, are you nuts? Oh, I've never been so glad to see you, to see anybody. You know better than that, coming up from behind a guy. Say, you look terrible. What's wrong? Well... Don't close the door, Joe. Why? When he comes, we can hear the elevator. Okay. Now, what's it all about? He's due here at 10 o'clock. He's a killer. Who is a killer? I have to start from the beginning. You don't have much time. But you won't understand unless I explain. Okay, but don't start dramatizing. It's a quarter to 10. Well, we have to start with the day Lily was murdered. Remember I called you? And when you came, you found me sitting in the bedroom looking at her? Her head hanging almost to the floor... The rest of her doubled up in the bed. Her auburn hair gently suspended like someone spun fine silk around where the bullet went through that lovely head. She was so beautiful. I was sitting there looking at her. And the sounds tumbling around my head. The photographers, the newspapermen, flashbulbs. All like a bad dream. Look, can't you take the hair away from her face? I'll cut your head off if you touch that body. Let's see the gun. Show him the gun, Mike. It's a gun. What's there to see? Well, we understand it's Warren's gun. You understand nothing until it's official. The coroner said it happened this morning about four hours ago. Now, how about that, Lieutenant Scarponi? Then quote him. Don't ask me. Mike. Yeah? They had enough. Get him out of here. Oh, wait a minute. Not so fast. I want one more shot of Warren. Uh, put that drink back in your hand, Mr. Warren, please. Now, look, fella. Don't overdo it. Uh, this is no private affair, Lieutenant Scarponi. Why don't you lay off? Well, put the drink back in his hand. Take it the way he is and get out. We'd like to do it the way it happened. He had a drink in his hand. It wouldn't look so good, Lieutenant, if the paper said you were covering up for a lifelong friend. Mike, get him out of here. Oh, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Well, this is some mess, Warren. Yeah. How did it happen? Oh, I loved her, Joe. You knew how I loved her. More than anything in the world. Now look at her. Yeah. You know we've been fighting. Last night was the worst that ever happened. So I ran out of the house. What time? Oh, right after dinner. I went down to the Silver Grill and had a couple. You can check on that. Uh-huh. And the Biltmore and had a few more. And I remember calling a cab on 7th and Hill. And then, so help me, Joe, that's all I remember. What do you mean, that's all you remember? Well, that's all. I drew a blank. We've known each other all our lives, Joe. Did you ever know me to black out? Oh, that's not like you, Warren. But that's what happened. I don't remember anything. Until when? Until I woke up and called you. And where did you wake up? Right here, in the bedroom. In bed? No, in this chair, just like I am now. I saw Lily, just like she is now. Blood on the floor. I know she's done for, my beautiful Lily. Then I get up to get a bottle. And I sit down again in this chair... I take one good long drink. I reach for the phone on the night table. I call you. I've been sitting here since with a bottle. Mm-hmm. And uh, the gun, is it yours, Warren? You know that gun is mine. It was on the floor. It's the gun that killed him. Joe, do you think I did it? 
Well, I don't have to tell you how it looks. I know how it looks. What I want to know is, do you think I did it? I'll have to book you, Warren. Oh, I couldn't have killed her, Joe. You know I couldn't. I loved her too much. I couldn't have killed her, Joe. Before we get to trial, Warren, for your own good, you'd uh, better start remembering. Seems like a long time ago, Joe. I just couldn't remember what I'd been doing there in the bedroom after Lily was murdered. Couldn't even remember how I got there. Look, two minutes ago, you were scared to death. You were trying to reach me every place in town while I'm here. Do you remember that day in the courtroom? What's that got to do with the killer who's on his way up here? Quite a bit, Joe. That's what I'm coming to. But before he comes, you've got to know the whole story. I know the whole story. Not quite. Think back to that day in court, Joe. You remember how bad it looked for me? All the newspapers were sure I was done for because I couldn't remember where I was when she was killed and I knew I was somewhere else when it happened. But all the evidence piled against me. Everybody's sure I was a dead duck. You and Madge in court at my side and the prosecuting attorney pressing the jury for the full penalty. defense offered by the accused is that he doesn't remember. He pleads not guilty, claiming temporary insanity. Forgetfulness as so conveniently happening to the accused cannot be construed as insanity. The state must therefore ask that the full penalty according to the law... Match. Yeah, get me some water. Hey, pass out. The poor man, he just couldn't take it. This court will keep order. Order. You all right now, Warren? You feel better? Joe, I... I didn't do it. Yeah, sure, sure. Joe, I remember now. I remember. I didn't do it. I was out of town when it happened. I was out of town. I was out of town when Lily was murdered, Joe. And we proved it, remember? And I was acquitted. Like a bad dream, wasn't it? Look, for the last time, Warren, is this what you call me up to your office for? What's this got to do with somebody coming over here to kill you? Yeah, like a bad dream. Okay, Warren, I've got a date with Madge. Oh, no, Joe, you've got a date with a killer. Then who is the killer? I'll never forget that day they acquitted me. I walked out of court a free man. I know you weren't guilty. Your alibi proved you weren't guilty. I know all that. Yes, Joe, but you don't know. I was guilty. What did you say? I was guilty. Oh, you're losing your mind, Warren. You're nuts. If I'm nuts, what does that make you? Makes sense, Warren. Lily thought I was nuts, too. Smart little woman. Thinking she could make a sucker out of me. She was going to leave me. Take half of all I had. That's what she thought. How did you kill Lily that morning when you were in Glendale? I know you were in Glendale because your alibi proved it. It was Lily who gave me the idea how to do it. You know how beautiful she was? Every Thursday, the maid's day off, she stayed in bed, slept the clock around, taking care of her looks... I began figuring. Lily, all day alone. Lily in bed. All I had to do was hire somebody to kill her while I was out of town. Then the guy coming up here... That's right, is the killer. A three-time loser and very tough. I gave him my gun to do it with him. That's all there was to it. He's the man you want, Joe. He's on his way up here to kill me. Instead of doing that, you'll arrest him and clear your books on the Lily case. So, this is why it was so important for me to get here, huh? Well, you have to admit it was neat, getting myself pinched... Faking the blackout, stacking the evidence against myself and forcing you to bring me to trial. I never had a blackout in my life, but it got me off. Great law, that double jeopardy. Puts you on the spot, though, doesn't it, Joe? You know I'm guilty, but there's nothing you can do about it. The law says I can't be tried twice for the same crime. You see, Joe, I happen to be one of those lawyers who knows his law. Yeah. You've always been at the head of the class. Never worked too hard to get there. Just by looking over the next guy's shoulder and using him was the smart way. Huh? Yeah, Kitty, very neat. I knew you'd be a good sport about it. Maybe I'm just another dumb cop to you. Well, I don't like anybody making a sucker out of me. Especially a guy who's supposed to be my good friend. Where are you going? You got a date with this killer who's due here any minute. Well, I got a date with my girl. Good night, Warren. We're both going to keep our dates. Well, Joe, what are you trying to do? You're a cop. You've got to pick him up. He's a killer, Joe. I can pick him up after 10 o'clock, can't I? Oh, you can't leave me, Joe. You can't leave me here alone. I don't like your company. Oh, he's going to kill me, Joe. He's going to kill you. Now, why should he do that to a guy who pays so well for what he buys? Well, I'm the only one who knows he fired that gun. Are you gentlemen ready? 
gentleman all through for the night? Yeah, I'm all through. He's gonna stay. I'm going down. Well, step in. Stay where you are, Warren. You can't leave me. Let go of my arm. Joe! Close the door, mister. I said close the door. Joe, he's gonna kill me. Joe! Hello, Warren. What? Boaster. It was Boaster standing there and leering at me. Joe, he's here! Joe! Shut up. Don't do that again. Where did you come from? Well, you don't think I'd ever use a front door, do you? They build these places with fire escapes, you know. Now, uh, into your office. I started walking. I had to do something. Him right behind. Then I made a break for it, into the office. Then I saw the butt of his gun smash through the window. And then Bolster's hand reached through and unlocked the door. Bolster, you're not going to do anything. You want your money. Don't you want your money? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the money comes first. Well, it's in, in one of these drawers. You know, you told me to do it with your gun. I don't remember which drawer. I couldn't figure it out why a guy should want me to plant his gun. Well, that's strange. I was sure. Warren, where's the money? Not, I'm trying to find it. Don't stall. It was a white envelope. You know, it didn't figure until you went to trial and they acquitted you. That's when I began to worry. So many white envelopes. But I still wasn't sure until tonight, when I got here, when I see what you've been up to. Find that dough. I'm trying. I misplaced it. And then, then it hit me. You was free and I was liable. No more tricks. It should be. Find that dough. Here. Here it is. On a desk. Lay it down. Yeah. Now, turn around. Oh, don't you want to see if, if it's all here? Turn around. And like a dumb six-year-old kid, I turned around. No! It was the funniest sensation. Hearing the shot. Feeling the panic. But nothing happened. I turned around. Bolster's eyes started to roll. His mouth opened like he had something to say. And then he dropped. Joe. The elevator opposite your door and the broken window, you can thank them both. <laughs> You're a very funny guy, Joe. That's some game you played. Is he dead? He's dead. Hey, what are these for? I'm holding you for murder. Murder? How can you be so dumb? I was acquitted, remember? You can't try me again. I'm talking about this murder. Are you crazy? I didn't shoot Bolster. I didn't even have a gun. I thought you were one lawyer who happened to know all about the law. Or didn't you know that it makes no difference who shot him? The two of you were committing a felony. And the law says all accessories to a felony are equally responsible for all acts resulting from the felony. Unquote. But Joe... Including homicide, Warren, including homicide. I don't know all about the law like you, Mr. Harvey Warren. I only know just enough to get by. Let's go. Joe, wait a minute. Joe, I think I'm going to faint. I, I'm going to black out, Joe. Wait. You see, I don't remember a thing, Joe. So help me, Joe. I don't remember. Thank you, Bob Hope, for a splendid performance. And thanks for the memory. Suspensefully you sat while I have been at bat. And now it's time to talk about our product, and that's that. Skinny Wilcox, you sing, too. Well, <laughs> I swan. I know you do, Bob, every Tuesday night for Swan Soap. On Thursdays, I Autolite. I've run into a comic. Wilcox, you know, I was in Toledo recently and was given an Autolite stay-full battery. Now I see why you've got a right to sing. Bob, I'm always singing the praises of Autolite Stay Full Batteries, and for that matter, any of the more than 400 products for cars, trucks, airplanes, and boats that are made in 28 Autolite plants from coast to coast. Yes, sir, and Autolite also makes complete electrical systems for many makes of America's finest cars. Batteries, spark plugs, generators, starting motors, coils, distributors. 
All engineered to fit together perfectly, work together perfectly, because they're a perfect team. So, folks, don't accept electrical parts that are supposed to be as good. Ask for and insist on Autolite, original factory parts. At your neighborhood service station, car dealer, garage, or repair shop. Remember, you're always right with Autolite. Now here again is Bob Hope. My thanks to Tony Leader for letting me be a villain for a change. And now, as a graduate of suspense, I'll be more interested than ever to hear radio's outstanding theater of thrills next week when that lovely Academy Award winner, Claire Trevor, returns to play in a story called The Light Switch, another gripping study in... Suspense. Bob Hope will soon be seen in the Paramount picture Sorrowful Jones. Tonight's suspense play was written by Joe Pagano with music composed by Lucian Morawick and conducted by Lud Gluskin. The entire production was under the direction of Anton M. Leader. In the coming weeks, Suspense will present such stars as James Stewart, Joan Crawford, Frederick March, and many others. So make it a point to listen each Thursday to Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills. And next Thursday, same time here, Claire Trevor in The Light Switch. You can buy Autolite Stayful batteries, Autolite resistor spark plugs, Autolite electrical parts at your neighborhood Autolite dealers. Switch to Autolite. Good night. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Now, Autolite and its 60,000 dealers and service stations present... Suspense! Tonight, Autolite brings you Mickey Rooney in The Lie, a suspense play produced and directed by Anton M. Leader. Friends, get in step. Get a rep for pep. Get Autolite resistor spark plugs and do it now. Replace those narrow gap spark plugs with wide gap Autolite resistor spark plugs. Your engine will idle smoother, give you better performance on leaner gas mixtures, actually save gas. That's right, actually save gas. Because those wide gap Autolite resistor spark plugs give you better performance on leaner gas mixtures. Autolite regular type spark plugs have long been standard factory equipment on many leading makes of cars and trucks. And now six, that's right, six of these leading makes of cars and trucks have switched to new Autolite resistor-type spark plugs for factory installation on their new 1949 models. The new Autolite resistor spark plugs are the spark plugs of today and the future. Remember, you're right with Autolite. And now, Autolite presents Mickey Rooney in a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. You got the gate, 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 I'll shut up! I've been kicked out of better colleges. Son, why don't you leave that bottle alone? I know it's none of my business. Are you my father? Of course not, I'm only trying to... Well, then don't call me son. And you're right, it's none of your business. Why, you fresh pup. If I were your father, I'd be ashamed to admit it. I watched where you got on. It's in the middle of the semester. Bounced out on your ear, weren't you? I know your type. Taking everything you can get from the old man and not giving anything back. Only grief and gray hair. Ah, oh, shut up! Mansfield! Mansfield! Next station stop, Mansfield! Put away that bottle, kid. You're home. old hometown depot again. Didn't look friendly. Nobody was going to look friendly. A whole term's tuition fee shot for the third time. Well, Dad had tried to cover up what he felt, but she wouldn't. Not glad. I could hear already in my imagination. 
Oh, so you're home again. Guess you found out it was all a waste of time. They couldn't teach you anything at college. Maybe they ought to change things. Maybe they ought to learn from you. But make them pay, Marty, dear. Make them pay. Maybe we'd get back some of the money you've wasted. What do you think you are, a rich man's son? Oh, I knew you from the day I married your father. And I expect to see the day when I have to send you cartons of cigarettes up to the pen. Well, I was going to hear it again. No way of stopping that mouth. To break the ice, I called home from the station. Busy. Five minutes later, I called again. Busy. So I waited, and five minutes later, I called again. Talking, talking. That's all she ever had under a peroxide. Talk, talk with a cheap crowd of hers. It wasn't my dad on the telephone. He was in Baltimore working. Well, I grabbed a bus and went home. Glad. Hey, Glad, it's me. Hey, Glad. It's your loving stepson. Uh, look at that. Didn't even bother to hang up the telephone. What a woman. Hello. What's that? Hello. Who is it? was a man. It would be, with her. Heard my voice, thought it was Dad, and hung up. Dad had come home early today. Plenty of signs. There was the paper he always picked up in Baltimore. Cigarette stub. And I knew it was his. It was that awful Turkish brand he'd been smoking since before I was born. <laughs> no one else could stand. Yeah, he came home early. They must have gone out. I wandered into her bedroom. No reason. Just wandered. You know what I saw? She was curled up on the bed. Yes, glad, curled up on the bed, sort of cuddling. No makeup. Hair all good up with that bleach stuff of hers, and she was dead. But dead. Somebody had broken her neck. If ever a man deserved a break, it's my dad. If ever a man deserved a decent, loving wife like my real mother, if... Ever a man deserved the kind of son fathers dream about instead of the mutt the rat I was turning out to be? Well, I didn't have much time for philosophizing. I got rid of the newspaper and cigarette butt. I mussed my hair, tore my clothes, picked up her dead hand with those purple cat-like fingernails, and I scratched it across my face. Ow! You'd think she was alive the way those nails dug in. And then I went to the phone. Hello, this is Martin Delavan calling from 22 Beach Street South. Yeah. I think you better send somebody around to pick me up. I just murdered my stepmother. For suspense, Autolite is bringing you Mickey Rooney in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Hiya, hello. Say, that's quite a stack of letters you got. Hap, that's my fan mail. Laudatory letters, paeans of praise. You mean people like you? Of course they like me, because I tell them to replace old narrow-gap spark plugs with wide-gap Autolite resistor spark plugs. And naturally, they like Autolite resistor spark plugs once they try them. Here's one from Mr. W.E. Schmitz of Houston, Texas, who writes, Gentlemen, I recently switched to Autolite resistor spark plugs for my 1942 car. I've been trying other brands for years, but when I switched to Autolite, I can truthfully say I've never seen such an improvement in my 43 years in the automobile business simply by changing plugs. Well, from an automobile man, eh? From the sort of man who'd know that switching to Autolite resistor spark plugs means smoother idling, better performance on leaner gas mixtures, and actual saving of gas. And Autolite resistor spark plugs cut down spark plug interference with radio and television reception. All right, Arlo. Uh, but let's not interfere with the reception of suspense. And now, Autolite brings back to a Hollywood soundstage Mickey Rooney as Martin Delavan in The Lie, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense.
don't get cocky with me, young fella. And just remember that you put yourself in a jam that always turns out to be pretty rugged. And let's have the story again. Look, I, I've told it to you twice. Let's have it again. You don't have to play McTavish of Scotland Yard. You don't have to find the killer. I told you I did it. But you make it sound so exciting. Let's have it again. <sighs> okay, okay. Beginning where? You were expelled from college this morning for drinking. They always expel me for drinking. You took the early afternoon train at State Junction, got out here about six and telephoned from the station. Take it from there. The line was busy. I took a bus from the station. I came in without making any noise. Just didn't happen to make any. From the hall out there, I hear this... This... I heard my stepmother talking on the phone. To a man? Yes. How'd you know it was a man? I could tell. Smart boy. What was she saying? She... She said enough. I'd like to find out what makes enough. Well? What makes enough? The point when you put your hands around somebody's neck and start to squeeze. She was two-timing your father, huh? All right, go on. I guess I lost my head. I remember grabbing her by the neck just as she heard me and turned around, and I remember her fingernails coming up toward my eyes and digging into my face. Would you say she did a good job on me? Yeah, look at these scratches. You did a better one on her. Well, this is about checks with what you said before. Uh, good for me. You don't want to change anything? I want you to take me downtown and book me. There's no hurry. I want you to reenact this for us before a motion picture camera. <laughs> the mo movies? Huh. That'll be fun. Say, what's the matter? You don't look happy. Would it have pleased you more if you'd had to beat it out of me with a rubber hose? Maybe. Maybe it would. Andy, get... Right here, Lieutenant, in the kitchen. Now, break out your camera. I burned a newspaper in the kitchen stove. The ashes are still warm. And which paper? Can you make it out? No, no, no. The ashes are all stirred up. Did you burn a newspaper, kid? Yes. Why? Well, after I killed her, I got kind of a chill, and I thought I'd start a fire. And then you changed your mind. That's eh? right. So you just waited for it to burn out, and you just stirred up the ashes, huh? Listen, if people were always rational, they wouldn't commit murders. Oh, psychologists, too, huh? Okay, set up the first shot from the hallway, Endicott, as he comes in. Jack. Where's your father, Donovan? Where can we reach him? I don't want him pulled into this. Leave him alone. Don't start jabbering at him, making things worse than they Get are. Get hold of your blood pressure, bub. It happens that you killed his wife. Now, where do we reach him? He's in Baltimore. Henry Dullivan Company, import and export. Commutes every day? Yeah, yeah, but he, but he wouldn't be at his office now. It's long past closing time. All set, Lieutenant. All right with you. You like your old man, huh? huh. Oh, I... I guess he passes. And that's all? We haven't seen much of each other since he married that... since he got married again. I get expelled from different colleges, and he balls me out, and I write him for checks, and he sends them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's make our try for the Oscar, shall we? You just go through the motion, starting at the door, exactly as it happened. <laughs> Without my makeup, Lieutenant? Very funny. Except there's a dead woman in the bedroom. You better change your attitude, kid. Yeah, who's this? It's my father, please. Take it easy with him. D Dad! Dad! What's going on in my house? Monty, what are you doing here this time of year? Let me break into him my way. You shut up. Where's Glad? Where's your mother? And what are all the police doing around here? Monty, speak up. All right. I'll give it to you straight. She's dead. What? What do you mean? You know what dead means? She's dead. I... I killed her. No, no, Marty, don't say that. It isn't true. You, why, you don't know how... It... I killed her. How would you know anything about it? You were in Baltimore. You were in Baltimore, weren't you? A gentleman, please. I'm Lieutenant Steele. A lieutenant, don't listen to my boy. He couldn't have possibly... Don't try to tell anybody what I couldn't have done. You know, I always wanted to kill her. Anyway, you weren't here. You were in Baltimore until now at your office. I wasn't in my office. Dad! I didn't feel very well long about noon. I quit for the day. May I see my wife, please? In the bedroom. And what did you do for the rest of the day, Mr. Dullivan? You don't have to answer that, Dad. You don't have to say anything. I've signed a full confession, Dad. I went to a Turkish bath, and I stayed there for several hours. Yeah, we can check that easily enough. Of course. I'm sorry to say that my son is right, Lieutenant. I wasn't here. When you commit a crime, it's as though someone snapped a switch and the sun went out. Now you live in shadow. You wear faded blue denims with your number on them. You're surrounded by so much iron. Doors and bars and the 
bed you sleep on. You weigh every word before you say it. Because it might make the difference between living and dying. Most of the time, you're angling to live. By the time I was through, I made sure I would die. You did a bad thing, Marty. Why did you do it? The important thing is that I did it. That's what we've got to keep remembering. Now, don't let me down. You, you haven't said anything, have you? About what? About you. Well, what's there to say? What's there to... Oh. Oh, I get it. I get it. Swell. Swell. We'll, we'll keep it that way. Oh, I suppose I ought to be able to understand what you're trying to say, Marty, but I can't. I, I'm so confused. They keep hammering away at me, trying to break down my story, where I was, and... Well, that Turkish bath routine wasn't very bright. They can check on that, Dad. They did. There's no question about that, Marty. I was there. When? All that afternoon, from two until five. Who says you were there, besides yourself? Well, the clerk, the attendants, the rubbers. Well, they all know me, Marty. I've been going there every Wednesday for months. This couldn't be true. Everything else about the whole nightmare could happen. It was happening. But not this. He had killed her. He must have killed her. I'd hung a perfect frame on myself because he did it. What's the matter, son? Dad, how would that day's Baltimore paper get into our house before you came home? Why, it's delivered to me. I buy one in the morning to read it on the way in, and the one that's delivered I read in the evening at home. It's that simple. And I suppose you're going to tell me that since I've been away, Gladys learned how to smoke those Turkish blowtorches. No, but... Well, you know how chain smokers are, son. They're bound to run out of their own brand sometime, and they'll smoke anything they can get their hands on. Anything they can get? Oh, sure. Anyone could figure that out. But why talk about newspapers and cigarettes, Marty? We have only five minutes together. No, don't talk about anything. <laughs> what a chump I've been. What a sap. Oh, Dad... Dad, you, you don't know. I know only one thing, Marty, that you didn't do it. How do you know that? Well, who would have known better? What does that mean? Why, why, you're my boy. Oh, you've been wild, but that was because you were so hurt when I remarried. When she turned out to be what she was. Oh, you don't have to keep reminding me of that, son. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Dad, I'm sorry. Anyway, I, I know my boy, Marty, and you didn't kill her. Makes no difference, Dad. They got an airtight case against me. I'm going to fry just as crisp as though I did it. I never thought for more than a second that you killed her, Marty. The way you kept jabbering, you were in Baltimore, I was here, you were in Baltimore, like a needle stuck in a wrecking. Oh, what can we do now, Lieutenant? Do? Well, it's out of my hands. You go to trial. Trial? For what? You say you know I didn't kill her. Listen, kid, you framed yourself too well. You didn't leave a shred of evidence that points to the real killer. You had a motive. You cleaned up every trace of someone else, and now that someone else is laughing up his sleeve. But, wait a minute, they, they can't convict me and execute me for a crime I didn't commit. Take it easy, kid. <laughs> take it easy? You mean, take the rap? You mean you'd like me to sit with my hands folded like a good little boy and let him shave my skull, slit open my pants leg because somebody else broke her neck? Well, have you got a real idea who that somebody could be? How would I know? Do you think I ran around with her friends? I never saw one of them. But I'll bet she had a little black book that was so full it was spilling over. Son, I told you this thing is out of my hands. According to police routine... But we're talking about a life! Don't you understand my life? And I'm trying to tell you that you're talking to the wrong man. See the DA, kid. He's the only one who can help you. Every word of my confession was a, was a deliberate lie, sir. A lie. See, I, I, I dictated it, and I reenacted the whole thing before the camera because I, I, I thought I was protecting someone else. See? The real murderer? No, no, but, but I thought so at the time. Sir. Well, what was this somebody's name? I'd rather not tell you that. Why not, if he's innocent? Because I don't want him dragged through the mud. I'd... Here's the report you've been waiting for, sir. Oh, thanks, Endicott. Yes, sir. This... 
Now, look, Delavan, I'm too busy to play games. This report establishes beyond doubt that it was your skin and blood under her fingernails. That clinches it for me. But wait a minute, Lord I'll see you at the trial. And I guess you know how it'll come out. So callous was this killer, so conscienceless, that not only did he freely admit his guilt, he willingly reenacted the whole ghastly thing before the police department's camera, as you've seen. Far from showing remorse for his crime, he gloried in it. You know the evidence. His fingerprints, his blood under her nails. I ask that you return a verdict that will make mandatory the extreme penalty. Death for Martin Delavan. I'm going to die. Dad, Dad, find find a way out for me, will you? I don't know where to turn, Marty. I'd give my life to save you. Would you, Dad, would you sometimes, you know, people just use that expression. I I, I sometimes wonder if they really would do a thing like that. Isn't that what you did for me? It's such a shame, Marty, that this should happen to us because of her. The only good thing she ever did was to bring us together again by dying. Then you knew all about her. For a long time. But I kept hoping... Well, maybe she didn't appreciate you, Dad, but... <laughs> but I do. You're not so bad yourself. Dad. Yes? It's probably too late, but... One part of my story was true. She had been talking to somebody. What? The receiver was off the hook, and there was still a party on the other end. Well, who was it? That I don't know. I, I picked up the receiver, and I said, Hello. I heard a funny kind of gasp, and then a click. But, Dad, don't you see? It means somebody's ear was in on that murder. We've got a witness. Somebody who knows I didn't do it. He and the guy who murdered her. All right. Time's up, kid. Huh? Can't we have just another five minutes? We've got rules here, mister. I'm just the right guy to be worried about rules. Shove off, will you? Come on. Wait a minute. Make a fuss, no. Shove off, will you? Dad, Come did you try on, everything? You? Try everything. Take your hands off of me. Listen, just because you're going to die, don't give you any special privileges. No. Everybody Leave grows. me go. Hey, Joe. Dad, Come on, Dad, help me. Come on, Marty. Tell me what to help do. Help me, Dad. Come on, Marty, tell me how to help you. Steel! Steel, Dr. Steel, Lieutenant Steel, tell him. Tell him about the phone call. Tell him we've got a witness. Dad, remember it's a matter of time. I haven't got much time. A boy's life depends on this, and we haven't got much time either. There's anything I can do to help. Fine. Now, let's see. It was around six in the evening when Marty Delavan got off the train and tried to call home. Uh-huh. He got a busy signal. Let's give ourselves a break and say it was the same party who was on the line when he came home. Could you trace that call? Well, I can try, Lieutenant. A call that long would have plenty of overtime on it. Well, stretch it out a little. Kind of narrow down the field. Say, uh, five minutes before he called, another ten before he gave up, uh, another ten to get out to the house on the bus and then coming in, looking around, finding the receiver off the hook. Say, uh, say 45 minutes. Oh, my gosh. What's the matter? I just happened to think. What if Mrs. Delavan put in that call? You'd have a record of it, but the charge would be on her bill. That wouldn't show the name of the person she was calling. Those are the breaks. I'll see what I can do. Hello. Hello, Lieutenant. Oh, what did you find? Well, that call was placed by Mrs. Delavan. No. To a Mr. William J. Simmons. Sure. What? You see, Mrs. Delavan always complained about her bills. She never stopped saying we were cheating her. Well, we had to put a monitor on her telephone and make a record of every number she called. Fine, fine. But uh, what was that name? Beginning at half past five on the evening of November 3rd, Mrs. Delavan talked for 39 minutes to a subscriber named William J. Simmons, 798 Shore Avenue. That kid isn't any of the things you called him in the courtroom. I know. And I couldn't stand by and see him fry for a murder he didn't commit. Steele, you're a fine detective, but a little too much of an optimist. Now, this weasel you brought in uh, here, his story is only as good as the amount of proof you can attach to it. Look, I'm no weasel. I didn't want to get mixed up in this because I got a wife and kids, see? You know what it means if your wife finds out you've been playing around? Tell it into the dictograph. Huh? How do I start? With your name. Um. <clears throat> uh, William J. Simmons, 
798 Shore Avenue. Okay. You were acquainted with Mrs. Gladys Delavan? Yes. You were in love with her? Well, in a way. Tell us what you heard over the telephone at 6 o'clock on the evening she was murdered. Well, we were talking. Just talking. See, about... About how we felt. Suddenly, I hear this guy's voice on the phone somewhere off in her house. He yells, where were you yesterday? We had a date, didn't we? Then he comes closer, still yelling. What did he say? Oh, all kinds of stuff. Names, things like that. Then she begins to scream, don't, Steve. Don't, you're hurting me, Steve. I can tell he's got her by the neck. He's choking her. I can tell he's choking her. On, kid, on your feet. Is it, is it time? Time for what? You, you know... Uh, oh, I don't know anything. You're wanted it, in the warden's office. Come on. Wh- what's up? Search me. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. I'm the guard, you're the prisoner, but I say you search me. <laughs> uh, do, do you know who's with the warden? Well, that local Dick Steele... McTavish of Scotland Yard. Uh, a couple of other guys and your old man. My father. My father? What? What do they want with my father? Search me. Hey, I said it again. We ought to hold you for obstructing justice, young fellow, but I suppose you and your father have suffered enough. So it was somebody else. Somebody else all the time. Your description of the murdered lady was very accurate. She got around. Who, who is he? How, how'd you find him? Well, that's a pretty terrific story, Marty. You see, we traced the guy who was on the phone, and he heard Mrs. Delavan holler the name Steve. Now, a detective has to be smart. He's got to be a psychologist, a science bug, an incredible kind of a guy who can take the name Steve and pick a murderer out of 140 million people. So how did I do it? Well, well, how? I opened her little black address book. Remember, you tipped me off to that. And looked for a guy named Steve. And there he was, Steve Barton. So I picked him up. <laughs> Mc- McTavish of, of Scotland Yard. And this time with a real confession. How do you feel now, son? Uh, oh, I, I don't know. I've done so much thinking about what it means to die that I'm not sure which world I'm standing in. <laughs> now, tell me, kid. And uh, what was the name of that newspaper you burned, and uh, who did smoke that cigarette? Dad, is all this on the level? On the level, Martin. Well, just to keep it on the level, gentlemen, it was the Baltimore Star, the paper my dad always reads, and the cigarette was his favorite brand. Maybe you understand now. Come on, Dad. Take me home. Thank you, Mickey Rooney, for a splendid performance. It was fun to do. Say, Harlow, I've heard great things about some new award suspenses received. Why, yes, Mickey, the Alfred P. Sloan Award for the Outstanding Radio Program in 1948 Promoting Highway Safety was awarded to CBS and Autolite last week. Well, say, wasn't that the Jimmy Cagney suspense show of uh, last December? Right, Mickey, and coincidentally enough, last week the National Safety Council announced a similar award to Autolite for the same program and for their promotion of safety on the highways. Oh, that's great going. And it reminds me, haven't I often heard an announcement on this show? Let's see, uh, how does it go? Oh, yeah, I know. Drive carefully. The life you save may be your own. That's right, Mickey. Yes, Autolite is proud to lend support to the promotion of highway safety. They're proud, too, of the more than 400 products for cars, trucks, airplanes, and boats that are made in 28 Autolite plants from coast to coast. And Autolite also makes complete electrical systems for many makes of America's finest cars. Batteries, spark plugs, generators, starting motors, coils, distributors. All engineered to fit together perfectly, work together perfectly, because they're a perfect team. So, folks, don't accept electrical parts that are supposed to be as good... Ask for and insist on Autolite original factory parts at your neighborhood service station, car dealer, garage, or repair shop. Remember, you're always right with Autolite. Now again, here is Mickey Rooney. 
It's been a real pleasure to be here, and I'll be listening next week when radio's outstanding theater of thrills presents Bob Hope in Death Has a Shadow. Another gripping study in... Suspense. Mickey Rooney appeared by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of the Technicolor picture Little Women, starring June Allison, Peter Lawford, Margaret O'Brien, and Elizabeth Taylor. Tonight's suspense play was based on a story by William Irish and adapted by Herb Meadow. Music was composed by Lucian Morawieck and conducted by Lud Gluskin. The entire production was under the direction of Anton M. Leader. In the coming weeks, suspense will present such stars as James Stewart, Claire Trevor, Frederick March, and many others. Make it a point to listen each Thursday to Suspense, Radio's Outstanding, Theater of Thrills. And next Thursday, same time, hear Bob Hope in Death Has a Shadow. You can buy Autolite resistor spark plugs, Autolite stay-full batteries, Autolite electrical parts at your neighborhood Autolite dealers. Switch to Autolite. Good night. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs>